Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. On Thursday evening, supper time, my wife was, my wife, my mom, was uh, getting ready for supper in the care home she lives in, and the nurse walked into the room and said, hi, Shirley. And uh, mom was facing the other way, so she turned around to acknowledged the nurse and lost her balance and foul they uh, took her by ambulance to the hospital and her hip was broken early Friday morning they did a hip replacement surgery And things seemed to be going very well. But during Reverence Night, Friday, and thank you to our very good staff and pastors. You have a good team serving you. You really do. Thank you to our staff and pastors for putting together the Reverence Night. What a holy time of worship we had. And all of you who've been participating in our, our time of prayer and fasting, we bless you. But Friday during the reverence service, about 10 after 8, quarter after 8, my, uh, my phone started to go nuts, and it doesn't usually go nuts, and, uh, and I'm pretty good at ignoring it most of the time, too but it wasn't stopping. So I opened it up and I had a message from my middle sister, Glenda, saying, we just got a call from the hospital. They're asking the family to get there as quick as possible. And I took the uh, phone back to Donna, who was worshiping at the back, and. She joined the family by FaceTime at uh, 10 after 10 Friday evening. My mom passed away and was promoted into the Lord's presence. That said, I stand before you this morning feeling a little raw. And so today is probably not the day to tell me you hate the color of the carpet or something. Um, be tender with me. You may see a part of me come out that you don't want to learn about. But the reality is that 
I'm not the only one gathered today who's probably feeling a little raw. As a matter of fact, I think as we go through life, the day-to-day living, the, uh, the reality of interacting with people at work and in our schools, our neighborhoods, that there are parents whose children are terminally ill, There are couples on the brink of divorce. There are people in almost every crowd who are grieving the loss of loved ones. Kids who are being bullied at school. Teenagers who can't figure out if it's even worth living anymore. people remembering the anniversary of a death, parents worried about their depressed teenager, families with no idea how to keep the lights on, single parents with very little help and very little sleep. Every day, there are a lot of people who are feeling pain and feeling raw. And if there is any place that should be safe, any place that should be a refuge for people, It should be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This should be a place, not just when we're gathered corporately, but when we carry the church around, when we're out being the church, it should be a place wherever we are that is thick with love. and a tenderness towards one another, and a tenderness towards people and circumstances. So we're back in Romans 14 and 15 this morning, and we're really trying to learn some some principles about getting along. And it's really important we learn these because most of us, when we're having good days, can handle almost anything that gets thrown at us, but life isn't full of good day after good day after good day. Life has its downs. So how do we get along? We're in Romans 14 and 15, but before we go there, we're going to spend a wee bit of time in the book of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 has a verse that I think is foundational to us relationally. A person came up to me after service last night 
and said, thank you for this series. It's doing wonders for our marriage. This is not just about church. Apply this stuff to home. Galatians 5, verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Jesus died for you because he loved you, but Jesus died for you so you can be free. Freedom matters to Jesus. King James Version is the version I did most of my memorizing in, and the King James Version says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. God's heart for us as, as Christians is to live and walk in this tremendous freedom, this tremendous liberty. God wants his kids to be free. And so I'm going to use uh, an analogy this morning of a highway. And I'm going to make this center, these two center sections, the highway. And uh, hopefully by the end of the service, you'll all be on this, on this highway. And Paul's going to help me with this, so you can stay seated. But this highway is called the Highway of Liberty. You don't have to hold that up the whole time. You can hold it up now for a wee bit, but put it down when you're tired. Put it back up when you want to. You see, you live in freedom. So this is the highway of freedom, the highway of liberty. And God's heart and God's desire for you, for me, for us, is to live in tremendous liberty. Galatians chapter 5 uh, was for freedom that Christ set us free. So this is where you're supposed to live, this highway of freedom. I was coming back from Martinsville on a road that they're doing some construction on, and I noticed, and it stuck out to me because of my message this morning, how deep the ditches were on both sides of the road. And on the highway, on each side, there are, there is a ditch. And you don't want to end up in the ditch. The ditch is not where you want to be. James, I'll make you work a wee bit today. If you get tired, Don loves helping you. You don't want to end up in the ditch of legalism. 
But if you don't pay attention, you can end up there very quickly. Ever been in a ditch? Kind of just happens how to end up there. If you don't pay attention, you can end up in the ditch of legalism and no longer, now would be a time for you to work again, be on the highway of freedom. God wants you to be on the highway of freedom. Listen to this. Uh, what an astonishing verse. Galatians chapter 5 and, uh, and verse number 4. You've been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. Do you catch the severity of Paul's warning here? If you think somehow you can impress God, wave your sign again, James, uh, by keeping a bunch of rules and a bunch of laws, somehow that'll give you entrance into heaven, somehow that'll bring the favor of God upon your life. That's your mindset. Look where you are. You are severed from Christ. You have fallen from grace. A relationship with the Lord is not one that's supposed to bring us into bondage and a bunch of rule-keeping. We live in, in liberty. Galatians uh, chapter 5, 1, oh, good, I like that. We'll read that one. Galatians 3, 1 to 3, I like it even better. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? And when I read that again this week, the thing that stuck out to me is that word bewitched. And I hear people talking about witchcraft being practiced within the body of Christ. I want you to notice here, friends, some witchcraft... You're involved in witchcraft if you're all hung up in legalism and if you're trying to teach people that if you only keep these rules, somehow God's favor will come on your life. It is witchcraft. We're not called into a bunch of legalism. We are saved by grace and by grace alone. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free. And don't be entangled with a bunch of bondage anymore. So the first ditch is this, this ditch of legalism, and you don't want to end up there. You don't want to end up there. In the second ditch, sitting close to the front, you're in trouble, Jeff. The second dish, ditch is a snake. The snake of licentiousness. And licentiousness is that word license, where you feel you have license to just do whatever you feel like it, whenever you want to do it. Doesn't matter what people think. Really doesn't matter what the church thinks. Doesn't really matter what God's word says. I just feel like doing it. 
And Romans chapter 6, verse 1 says that what, what, what should I say to people who say things like that? Are we to continue in sin so grace may increase? God forbid. The answer is a clear no. And so there's this problem. We're on this road of wonderful liberty, and this is where God wants us to live. But there's some really miserable people over there. Look at them. Do they look happy to you? Who are all stuck in legalism. And it takes you nowhere, nowhere healthy. And it's an indication you're trying to impress God based on something you think you can do that'll really make him say, wow, did you see Pastor John? Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Are you going to end up in a second ditch where you get understanding your liberty to the point where you've forgotten that God has expectations of believers. God has standards. You don't want to be in either place. You see, that group of people is living by laws. This group of people is living in the flesh. Whatever I want to do, I'm just going to do it. And this group is living in the spirit. And that's where you want to be. So, every culture, every group, every church, every... group of people you hang out with has its own ideas of what is right and what is wrong and how you're supposed to live. And Paul recognizes that and he tells us not to be quarreling about disputable matters. Don't, don't fight about this stuff. His warning is serious. And in Rome, they were dealing with three particular issues. They were dealing with uh, their liberty struggle was what can believers eat? Click a couple of times real quick. I don't want to spend much time on this. Uh, and this is the advantage of coming Sunday morning. Saturday night, I figure out what material is not worth sharing. Uh, number two... Uh, the second question is, aren't some days more holy than others? And the third fight they were having in, in Rome was, it's good not to drink wine, right? So they were these, were, these were the issues in the church in Rome. But we have, uh, we have our own issues in, in our own cultures, in our, in our own churches. When I came to pastor uh, this church in 2002, I inherited in the office about 10 binders full of church minutes and annual meeting minutes and deacon board minutes and pastoral search committee minutes. You leave it for your successor so they have a sense of the history of the church. 
I haven't read all those ten binders yet. But I did read the work of one of the pastoral search committees calling and looking for a pastor uh, before me. And they had a list that they were praying their next pastor would uh, be committed to. And on the list, there were some good things, good administrator, loved God's word and communicated it well. I mean, there were some good things. And then on the list, there was, and doesn't believe in the Easter bunny. So it was very important for whatever reason at some point in the history of this church that their pastor not be giving their kids chocolate Easter bunnies on Easter weekend. Really mattered. We pick up from somewhere, somehow, (laughs) some rules that we think really, really matter. In Rome, the discussion was about meat and days you can worship on and had to worship and, and whether you could drink wine. The teaching of Romans 14 and 15 is very clear. We walk in freedom. We walk in liberty. But we have a personal responsibility to know where we stand and to be true to the convictions that we've prayed over and have heard from God on. And Romans 14 and 15 is also very clear that there are some rules that guide how we live while we're driving on the highway of liberty. Thank you. And what are the rules? There's 10 road signs. I'm not going to get through all of them. Uh, I haven't yet this weekend. I got more time now than I've had the other two venues, so you might get one more than the other, Scott. But I want to talk about the road signs on the Highway of Liberty. This should not shock us. James chapter 1, verse 25, describes Scripture as the perfect law of liberty. So here's some tension. We're on this Highway of Liberty, but there's law. The law of liberty tension there. Free, yet free, but laws. But God revealed himself that way to us right from the beginning in the Garden of Eden. Where does he place Adam and Eve? In the Garden of Eden. All the freedom in the world, but, but, but don't eat of that tree, that tree. Don't go there. All kinds of freedom on the highway of liberty, the law of liberty, But there's some principles we really have to understand. And the first one, first road sign on the Highway of Liberty is extend acceptance to every believer. Extend acceptance to every believer. Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 4. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions, One person has faith that he may eat all things. He who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you? 
Who are you to uh, judge the servant of another? His own master, he stands or falls, and he will stand. He will stand. He will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So, what's this Christian community like? It's this marvelous place filled with an atmosphere of love, filled with an atmosphere of acceptance. Legalists don't do that. When you meet a legalist, they look at your hair and they say, I don't like that hair. And then they examine your clothes and they say, since when does a good Christian dress like that? They're not accepting. But the people who get Christ's heart for the church accept others. The situation in Rome was an interesting one. Rome was the city of Rome, one of the great cities of the world, if you ever get to visit there. Just a highlight in Don and I's life. But the uh, city of Rome was filled with all kinds of temples all over the place. And uh, there's some entrepreneurs in Rome who recognize an opportunity when they see one. And so beside the temples, there's these supermarkets uh, popping up. So you've got a temple and a supermarket. And the reason there's a supermarket there is because when you went to the temple, you bought some meat to offer to the idols. So smart people say, new temple, chance to make some money, put up a supermarket and start selling meat. So you go in at 9 in the morning, there's this big slab of meat, and you say, give me a slice of that. You buy it, pay for it, and you go, and you burn the meat as an act of worship to the false god. The end of the day, remember this is pre-refrigeration time, none of the, all the meat never got sold. So they started with a big chunk like this, and now they're down to this much. And so supermarket owner wants to go home. He marks the price down a bit. And some Christians went in there and said, good red meat. Nothing wrong with that stuff. Some of the best meat in the city. And they'd buy it and go home and no wrong feelings whatsoever. They just got a good meal deal on meat and uh, saved some money so they had more to put in the offering when they went to church. They were, they were really good with it. And then there were some people, however, who got saved out of an atmosphere where they were going to that supermarket and buying meat to offer it to idols. And they say to the Christian, who has no trouble with the meat, don't you feel the evil spirits when you walk in there? I, I just get sick when I go in there. Makes my stomach upset. Makes my spirit do loopity loops. 
And the Christian who's never been involved in it just sees it as good red meat at a really good price. And so they start fighting over it. And you got two sections in the church, the people who buy the meat and the people who think you're cooperating with the devil if you do. And what does Paul say? You've got the instruction there. <laughs> Accept one another. I'm a, uh, I'm a better pastor than I was 20 years ago. Didn't say I was a good pastor yet, but I'm a better pastor. And part of that has been from raising three sons who are now adults and having them around our table on a birthday or Thanksgiving or Christmas or, or just because. And realizing that somehow Pastor Don and I have raised three boys who all see life very, very differently and have different convictions about who you should vote for and different convictions about how you should spend your money, different convictions about favorite hockey teams. And sometimes these disagreements come up And you know what I do? I just love them and stay neutral. Because I'm not going to split my family over whether the Chicago Blackhawks or the Edmonton Oilers are the better team. I know in my heart my own convictions, but <laughs> we accept one another. It's funny how life works. On uh, Wednesday, let me back up a couple of weeks ago, my sisters began to talk to me and said, we get to see mom every week a couple of times, and, and you, on a good year, see her four or five times. We're thinking we should get a phone in her room. So you can call her once in a while. Wednesday evening, I got the phone installed in her room. Wednesday evening this week. Thursday afternoon, about 2 o'clock, I phoned Mom and was chatting with her. And in the middle of the chat... Uh, one of my sisters was there and she yelled to mom who was on the phone with me tell John your favorite daughter is here and I said to mom say hi to Sharon which was not the sister who was there <laughs> and mom somehow felt caught in some tension here <laughs> And mom made 
a speech that I've heard many times. John, I have no favorites. The worst thing a parent can do is have favorites. I've treated every one of you the same. I loved all of you with all my hearts. John, I have no favorites. I've accepted every one of you. That's the standard of the Lord's church. That's the standard of the Lord's church. We accept one another. We do not have our favorite people and, and then people we don't talk to because they think it's okay to wear zippers, you know. Zippers. There are actually Christians out there who believe zippers are of the devil. God made buttons for a reason. We accept one another. the kingdom. That's a road sign on the highway of liberty. Number two. And maybe I'm only going to get to two points. We'll see how this goes. Do not dictate to others what they can or cannot do so that the Lord can direct their lives. Romans chapter 14 verses 5 to 9. One person regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God, and he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For this, to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. You see, the Lord is the Lord. We're not the Lord. And he's the Lord of the dead and the living. And today my mom is celebrating her second day in heaven. I ended my conversation with mom on Wednesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon. And she said this to me. This is the last words I have from my mom. She said, John, Pray for me, and I promise you I'll be praying for you. Pretty precious.
sometimes we forget to pray for people and we just like telling them what to do. We like people to live by the rules. There's rules for everything. What you can drive, what you can drink, what, what radio stations you're allowed to listen to. So I, I was thinking about that this week, and I scribbled out here some of the stuff I've had to deal with in my Christian journey. Things we've made rules for. The... Uh, Legalists believe our, this is a ditch, by the way. It's a ditch. You don't want to be. You want to be in here, you guys. You really do want to be in here. This is where you want to be. You don't want to be in that ditch. It was a group that was thoroughly convinced that cosmetics were of the devil, and women shouldn't wear makeup. When I was with them, the only thought that kept going around my head is, man, you people need makeup. <laughs> they, look, they look like unmade beds. <laughs> but they were absolutely convinced that you shouldn't wear makeup. And they expected other Christians to believe that too and accept it. I was raised in a house where you couldn't go to movies. You could go to live theater, but you couldn't go to movies. I know some Christians couldn't go to movies or live theater. But in my house, you could go to live theater, but you couldn't go to movies. And then the problem with making rules is at some point they bite you in the butt. So my dad was between churches for a short period of time, and uh, John Candy was in uh, Calgary shooting the movie Cool Runnings, and they advertised easy way to make money. We need big man to uh, be in the movie Cool Runnings because John was a big man, and if I had a bunch of small men, John looked like he was in a land of giants in the movies. So dad acted in the movie Cool Runnings. And the first movie I ever went to was in the movie my dad was acting in who told me never to go to movies. <laughs> and I went in there honestly sure that the place was full of demons because if Jesus came back while I was in there, I wouldn't get through the roof. And I was absolutely shocked, forgive me, friends, if you still don't go to movies, and I respect your conviction, and I very seldom do. I respect your conviction, but that honestly was one of the most calmest, peaceful places I ever sat in in my life. So really kind of confused me. Can you go to movies and be a Christian? Can you go to live theater and be a Christian? Can you wear cosmetics and be a Christian? Some of you are thinking this list is nuts. I'll probably get to something that bugs you at some point, and you'll stop laughing. How about this one? 
You can't be a good Christian if you don't have quiet time in the morning. It's okay to go to restaurants, but don't go to restaurants that sell liquors. Liquor. Good Christians don't drive expensive sports cars. If you're here with an expensive sports car, welcome. We're glad you're here today. Good Christians wear jewelry. Good Christians don't wear jewelry. Good Christians don't dance. They don't square dance. They don't ballroom dance. They don't disco dance. They don't bad dance. Christians don't dance. I was raised in that atmosphere when square dancing was in the routine of... Uh, the phys ed class for four weeks, I sat in the hallway because there was square dancing going on in the gym. I've sat in board meetings where on the agenda was, what do we do with names, two names? I heard that at their reception they had a, a dance and they danced together. Can you think of anything as terrible for a young couple to do as dance? <laughs> I'm kind of glad they found a legal way to express their lust. But, oh, no, no dancing! Christians don't dance. Christians don't play cards. I understood that. The evil cards, the ones, I don't even know what they're called, but I know I was, knew I wasn't supposed to play them. I was shocked in my 20s when I found out as well that I'm not supposed to play dominoes. And then I came and took up the office here and found out I'm not even supposed to like Easter bunnies. And the list goes on and on and on. The truth of the matter is we need to trust the Holy Spirit to help people build their own convictions and not feel that Jesus has somehow made us the Holy Spirit over a certain region. And we do it within these guidelines, and we do with an understanding that we don't want to be in that ditch. And we don't want to be in that ditch either. We want to be living on the highway of liberty.
it was uh, flight en route to Florida, flying over Maryland, flight KH-209, where the, suddenly the pilot, traveling 36,000 feet above the earth, 560 miles per hour, saw smoke in the cockpit, and it was beginning to permeate the seating area. And he phoned, he phoned the air controller, and he said, permission to land, permission to land, told the situation. All sounds uh, pretty sens sensible, let the guy land. But uh, there's a rule that when planes are up in the air, they need to be flying 2,000 feet apart. And to come down 36,000 feet, this pilot had to come within 1,000 feet of quite a few flight paths. And the air controller <laughs> threw out the rule book. <laughs> And he got on the phone, he said, permission to land is granted, and he phoned every single plane in the flight path and said, expect somebody to be coming real close to you. This is an emergency landing. And sometimes, my friends, we are so bound to our rules that we miss somebody who's during the flight of life has come across our path and really needs our acceptance. And we can't grant it to them because they play dominoes. When you reject people instead of accepting people, you close the door of opportunity to minister to them and grant them a safe landing in life. Let's stand. I, uh, I want you just between you and Jesus now. I want you to ask yourself two questions. Am I really living in liberty? Stay out of the ditch of lasciviousness and stay out of legalism. Are you really living in liberty? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ is. Are you really living in liberty? Ask yourself that in a moment just for And then I need you to ask yourself a second question. Are you letting other people live in liberty?
I'm embarrassed to say that I've wasted at least a decade of our marriage trying to get Donna to agree with me on everything and accept my convictions. It's been a lot more fun since I've accepted the fact she can have some different opinions than me. Are you letting other people live in liberty? We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.